0: Righteous ratchet real real, real righteous real. ratchet real righteous ratchet real righteous ratchet
1: and real. real 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 righteous ratchet and real
2: real I
1: feel
0: exposed okay <laughs> welcome to the righteous ratchet and real podcast this podcast is for people who love God,
2: but sometimes side eye the church. We're three friends, balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current right. topics through a gospel right. lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to, but you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church,
1: charge, charge our to life. our head and, and not our, our heart. heart.
2: We're going to keep it real.
1: Y'all, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Righteous Ratchet and Real podcast, y'all. While y'all weren't looking, we were over here dancing in our heads to the "We Ain't Stressing Today" kind of, you know, thing. And so, we just want you guys to be in that whole mode where you are not stressing today, and that's why you came on the podcast, and that's why this episode is even so important—is that you can have it all but it'll cost. We want Mm -hmm. to take away some of the stress that we feel around trying to be all the things all the time for all of the people. Mm. And so normally we, you know, start with our kind of introduction and spiel, which reminds me y'all, let my co-host say hi to you real quick. Hello. Hey, what's up y'all? What's up? And so we are today, I want to begin to just start asking some questions, right? And so the questions are, do you think it's possible for anyone to have it all? And does gender play a part in the ability to have it all? So that's where we're going to kick it off, just like dive right in.
0: Mm. You dove in there. (laughs) Oh, you, you. Oh, okay. So, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. You are really asking. All right. So, <laughs> I, I think I think our title, piece says it all. You can have it all, but it will definitely cost. Uh, there is a cost that comes with success, and um, somebody's going to have to pay. If if you're doing all the things all the time for everybody, somebody's losing out in addition to yourself, I mean, because come on, think about the wear and tear that that creates not only on your mental, but in your physical body as well. And so you're missing out ultimately. And then um, your family, for example, may be missing out. And I definitely think gender has a part to play with it. I know it does. Um, the, the, the roles, the, the, the pathways, the doors, all is different for women, whether right or wrong. And of course it's wrong. But yeah, gender has a big part to play with it.
2: Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Um, it'll cost you. you. You can have it all. You can have it all. And, and that's an awesome thing. But I don't think you can have it all at the same time. Mm. Uh, I think that there will be seasons of your life when you can have your career, you know, pop in and everything is, you know, everything is everything and you're really making some moves. There will be seasons when your family uh, can be, you know, number one and, and, and take center stage. There'll be seasons when you can prioritize your self-care, I don't, but I don't think that you can have all of those things uh, occupy the same space at the same time. So you can have it all, but I don't think you can have it all at the same time.
1: What you're saying, Rone, is going to be part of what we touch on later in the episode. So y'all just hold the beat, hold the beat. We about to go there. So this idea of we can have it all or we can't have it all comes in an article that was written in The Atlantic. Um, It was the July, August 2012 issue of The Atlantic. And so Anne-Marie Slaughter wrote an op-ed piece that generated so much buzz around this whole women can't have it all or we can't have it all. And so she challenged that belief that women can have it all and all being that they can have motherhood and a career. And so the opening summary of this article, it says, it's time to stop fooling ourselves, says a woman who left a position of power. The women who have managed to be both mothers and top professionals are superhuman, rich, or self-employed. Anne-Marie Slaughter then goes on to detail where she came to this revelation. So she's a top, has a top job, and her son is at home with his dad, but he's failing math. He's not doing his homework. And so she feels the pressure, like if I were there, I could be present to handle the situation. And so she's at a banquet and she's, look y'all, it's a banquet the Obamas are throwing. And so rather than being present and celebratory, she's thinking about her home life. And so at the party, she finds herself in a really vulnerable moment with a friend. And she shares that she's finding it hard to be away from her son when he clearly needed her. Mm -hmm. And she then told her friend, when this is over, I'm going to write an op-ed title, Women Can't Have It All. Her friend is horrified by the idea that she would actually say that women can't have it all and says to her, you can't write that. You of all people. And so Anne-Marie Slaughter says what her friend meant by that statement was that because she was in a high profile career as a woman, she's a role model and it will be a terrible signal to younger generations of women for her to say you can't have it all. And so she goes on to share in the article that it was becoming increasingly um, harder for her. And she's becoming aware that her feminist beliefs on which she had built her entire career were shifting under her feet. Mm. And so, y'all, can we just take a second to unpack that? Right. Right. It's specifically dealing with women and feminism and the workplace. And so the idea is that women are traditionally supposed to excel at home and men are supposed to excel in their careers, right? And so it gives a layer of pressure to women that if we choose career and parts Mm -hmm. of our lives fall apart there is an automatic like finger pointing that says she just was supposed to be at home and if she was at home life at home would not have gone awry now Mm -hmm. had her husband decided to pursue his career in the same way, there wouldn't have been any kind of angst. There wouldn't have been any kind of finger pointing, you know, idea that somehow life at home is falling apart simply because he decided to follow his career because that wasn't his role. Right. That's not the expectation of his role is to keep the family together. And so, our audience is not just sisters. We know that they we have some faithful male listeners as well. And if you're wondering how this even applies to you, I think one of the things is that we need to challenge this idea that it's only women who have to worry about can they have it all. Men have to take on some of that idea and that that uh, angst or that and I don't want to even say angst, but some of that wrestling about how it is. You have to create balance or create some sort of synergy in your life because the reality is that men who don't show up at home lose marriages all the time. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Right? And they have kids who grow up and resent them because they never came to their basketball games. Right? What? Damn. And so, you know, we can't put this all on women, but we all have to learn that we are in striving to have it all. It is going to cost us meaning that there are going to be moments where we're present for things and moments where we aren't present for things. And so even like coming from our experience as pastors, y'all, we understand how many times pastors feel like they have to show up for congregations and mm. then don't show up for their families and they have to live with that as well. So normally i would begin to ask my co-hosts about their personal experience but guess what y'all i'm not gonna do that today and it's simply because we have a live episode on thursday where we get to dive into this huh? you know you already heard the whoop whoop because we're excited about diving into our own personal stories of how we wanted it all, but it costs. There are aspects that it costs. Yeah. And so we encourage you to go to our Facebook page. Uh, group and Facebook page and our YouTube channel you guys, the RRR our, R our, our Talk You're Podcast channel and get into this, right, we ain't stressing today, we ain't stressing
2: today hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're, we're going to get into our personal stories about, you know doing, um, or just you know, kind of battling through this whole it'll cost you aspect but I wanted to take just a little second to divert from this um, idea of just it'll cost you to even talk about the pressure Mm. that people face where they can't even talk about the fact that they feel like they are swimming or drowning, I should say, in what they're experiencing. And then people say, shh, you can't say that because it is going to mess it up for the larger body. And so that was one of the things that really stuck out for me was the fact that her friend didn't even allow her to have mm. a safe space to express herself. And was right. like, Shh, "We don't talk about this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about this. We don't talk about,
0: right.
1: <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. We do not. <laughs> and have you guys ever had those moments where you feel like you were drowning, and you were trying to really express it, and people like, mm, mm. we can't, oh, yeah. we can't talk about that,
0: absolutely, or or some, have to be sharing something, and and they just change the subject, like you weren't even talking. That's mm-hmm. usually what I run into, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it's because you the pastor, you ain't supposed to be having no issues. Well, I'm still human, and pastors. So, yeah, I, I've definitely had to... Honestly, that happened yesterday. I hmm. was sharing some of the stress I was under and somebody just completely changed the subject. Wow. I was like, oh, okay. I guess we ain't talking about that no more.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: And, 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 and here's the thing. I wasn't offended or hurt by it because I, I was in that conversation as a pastor. And talking to someone who was not a pastor, mm-hmm. and so I, mm-hmm. I know that people really do struggle with that. They can't, for whatever reason, our members or our congregations cannot process or even fathom that pastors have problems and issues.
2: Yep, but we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely
0: been there, done that.
2: Yeah, I've I've had similar similar. uh Instances of that, and additionally, when it when I'm talking about parenting, right? Because I I received uh, an award in tw- I was California Mother of the Year 2021. Okay. Uh, but then people didn't want to talk about you know parenting with me anymore. <laughs> like like they don't want to like I'm trying to share about some struggles, and they don't you know want to to you know the award was not given because I was an excellent, you know, I, I was the best parent. No, they were just honoring me because I was doing all of this other stuff while parenting mm-hmm. for kids, like, you know. But yeah, some people don't really want to, they don't really have the bandwidth. Right, to, yeah. Or they don't have the experience of a pastor sharing the, the very human side. Uh, you know that we don't always get to show, and it's mm-hmm. such an honor. It is such an honor to sit with someone who serves people in such a way, you know, and to to let them be your soft, be a soft space, you know. Let rather to have you be a soft space for someone else, you mm-hmm. know, who serves in that way. That's an amazing thing, and it's a shame people don't want to, you know, let you share like that. I just
0: thank God for Brad Fowler. Hey, come that's, on. That's, that's all i can say because he is the sounding board mm. other than god of course but i can go to brad and be like babe hey, i just i just sometimes i just fall on him mm. or i just say i need a hug and he's he's there he absorbs it um so i just thank god for a, a, a supportive spouse mm-hmm. who if i and I have girlfriends, don't get me wrong. I can go to and invent, you know, but even with that, I am careful um, yeah. because I understand that people, like you said, Renee, they don't have the bandwidth, Yeah. Um, but thank God for Brad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank God for the people who can, can take yes. it, who can take yes. our honesty and not yes. feel like they need to shush us or right. make us embrace, you know, what makes them feel more comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And
2: so, um, but Takisha, can I throw something out yeah. there? There was, <laughs> there was something that you said um, about the ways and so so the whole narrative of having it all. Why is it that part of the all is mothering when you're talking to a woman, mm. and not dads, not not men, you know, not fathering. Mm. Why is that all always? Mothering, because there are so many of our sisters who are child-free by choice or mm-hmm. not by choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so having it all, mm. all people always think of mothering as part of the all. Yeah, that's true. That's that's not it, you know. Yes. And for
0: me it's like success and business and you know ownership. That's that. Wow, Renee, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's not what I was going to say. I'm a hold what I was
1: going to say because you know. But um, but yeah, that's a great question. It is. It is definitely, I think, something that we are as a society wrestling with, even as much as we're trying to take off patriarchy, we are wrestling with the understanding that women are not all called to motherhood by right. choice or by how life plays out. And so it does add a whole different layer when, you know, people are putting that on you as part of the all that you need to have. Like they don't allow you to consider what your all is.
2: yeah, Mm. Right.
1: Because they're telling you what your all is. Your all is, you know, mother. We don't even get to define it. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So are you sure you want to hold your, your, um, your, your your point?
0: I was just, you know, in terms of having safe soft spaces or safe spaces to express themselves, I find that often, too, with the first ladies that I talk to. Mm. And I've even had some to say, who do I go to? I can't go to my husband or they, this, this individual said, I can't go to my husband because, of course, these were issues coming up in the church. I can't go to a girlfriend because then you don't really trust that person to keep it. And so it, sh- this individual was just like torn. And of course she was talking to me. And so I, you know, I, I was there to listen, but yeah, there are some hats I believe we wear that we feel like we cannot, we are bound to that hat. And if we don't honor it and protect it, you know, in the name of protecting my husband and the name of protecting the church or whatever the case may have been, they feel like they have nowhere to turn to. Hmm. And that's all I was going to name.
2: Yeah, bless
1: church, bless first ladies. Yeah, <laughs> bless yeah. their hearts. Yeah. Because there is there's a level of expectation that comes with how they act, mm-hmm. you know. And you talk about the layer of being, you know, a church a church mother. You know, mm-hmm. is a whole other thing mm-hmm. because you know her kids act out. They're like, mm. she don't pray enough. She, you know, <laughs> right? Yes. So there's there's a whole other layer that comes with that. So Mm. you guys, we have to also name that part of the church experience also has created a level of pressure on us. Can we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman and the church's obsession with her? Do we have to? Because I don't (laughs) like her. I never have liked her. her.
2: Leave that girl alone. She, she, you know what? (laughs)
1: I'm not mom. her, and stop trying to make me her exactly. The problem with her, right. You're going to get Mother's Day. What, what is the first scripture they are looking to read on Mother's Day? The Proverbs 31 woman. What is every hard. you know person trying to teach you about being a godly wife going to use? The Proverbs 31 woman. And so yeah. it creates so much pressure on women because yeah. we're looking at the Proverbs 31 woman and it's she's being lifted up as this ideal woman, right? Really? She's a great mm-hmm. woman. Wife. She's present for her husband. She cooks. She manages her household and her servants. Y'all, can we even talk about the fact that in the scripture it says she gets up while it is still night? The right I there. there. Sleep in. What is that? Right. <laughs> can just get, get up up and hours. she will out and she tired. that's the the womanist version of it okay because she can't even get an eight hour worth of sleep but she still got to take care of everybody she don't get to be sick and tired what so she's all of these things but she's also a great woman a great mother that's why her kids rise up and call her blessed and then if we are not tired enough of you know all the things that she does she got the nerve to be an entrepreneur too (laughs) So she takes care of her house household and she's also a great businesswoman. And so y'all just reading the Proverbs 31 woman, I need to take a rest from reading about her life. Right. So. <laughs> yes. 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 Let's talk about this. How do you view the pressure to be all the things, especially in light of Proverbs 31 being lifted up all the time?
0: So I got to throw this in before I even get to the question. And I'll be honest, I didn't even hear your question because I was wanting to make this comment, Keisha. So if, (laughs) if we if we receive and believe that Proverbs 31 and if I can just read verse one the sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. So if she, if this is the person who said it, this is coming from another woman saying mm-hmm. this is the kind of woman you need to find and marry. Mm-hmm. So I got an issue with that. <laughs>
2: I mean, come on. Come <laughs> on. You really want her for a mother-in-law?
0: That's <laughs> <Yes, yes. laughs> right, Renee. Come on, that's that's part of it too. Because it don't sound like if, if if King Lemuel brings anybody else home, to <laughs> don't match this woman, it's gonna be an issue. So I just take issue with all of that. I'm I'm sorry. I've not ever been a fan of the Proverbs woman. Right. Or the Proverbs 31 woman. And, and and that's not me being shady or anything like that. I just think sometimes we take the the biblical text and, and I don't want to say we put too much into it, but it becomes an expectation that cannot be reached. Right. And then when you continue to throw that out there at women who are doing the best they can with what they have. Come on. I mean, you 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 really can do some damage with that and that's why I've not really I, I hardly ever use that scripture in turn for Mother's Day I'm looking at anything and everything else <laughs> and I'm shutting up <laughs> I have vented my frustration with Proverbs 31. away
1: I feel better though <laughs> we gave Greta the space to free herself from Proverbs 31 Ooh.
2: woman she said nope I'm free <laughs> there you go I I wholeheartedly agree with you Greta um it is exhausting to have this litmus um held up as mm. a woman it's just it's just unrealistic it is um and I also looking at the text uh don't believe that that was the intention when it was written. I don't think that that the writer um, intended to make this the blanket statement of what a woman should be. I think these are portraits. Mm. That's good. I think these are vignettes. I think these are pieces of her life. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is the the prescriptive, this is descriptive of a virtuous woman, what a virtuous woman could be, right? Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. descriptive of what she should be, so this is one of those times in the text where I'm like, okay, this is, this is, you know, this is lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will get in where I fit in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Where mm-hmm. my leads me uh, to be this woman. Sure. That's, that's where my life intersects the text. But again, it is totally uh, descriptive, I think, and I see the Proverbs thirty one woman in in all of the women I'm in community with, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. of the women mm-hmm. that I had the honor of walking with. Yes, right. Yes. So she exists in that regard, but she is not a woman. Mm
1: -hmm. That is such a great point that you make right there, Ronnie, is and kind of ties into what Greta said, is that this particular text, we need to stop acting as if it is the implication of one woman Mm -hmm. and what every woman needs to be and see the biblical text as symbolic. Mm -hmm. We do it in so many other areas. So why is Mm -hmm. it here that we make it prescriptive as opposed to descriptive of what virtuous women can be and that different Mm -hmm. women fit, you know, fit different aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it kind of frees you up to be like, look, y'all, I am never going to be the one who is going to be okay with not getting all my sleep. No. It just is never going to happen, y'all. I need it. I need my rest. Bless the people who can. You know, I'm glad that you can wake up, you know, early and just, you know, have breakfast on the table. I'm glad that you're the one who, you know, doesn't say you just gonna have to make your own lunch, sweetie. Like, you know, bless your heart. But I, on the other hand, I'm going to say my the way that my mother raised me, we said, "What's in the refrigerator and that is a leftover? You take that out, you put it on the plate, and you warm that up. There's lunch."
0: Amen. So. The way my bank account set up, we don't do that.
1: <laughs> Come on, Kevin Hart. Right, and the other aspect is, and this is a lesson because you know the the I feel like Rone is always the one to talk about her young Christianity, and you know we all be like, dang, poor poor Rone. but
2: it was rough, rough. Yeah.
1: My young Christianity embraced mm-hmm. this Proverbs 31 woman. And I was just like, you know, this is what I have to be. This is what I'm mm-hmm. praying for the Lord to make me into, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really embraced that thing. And then I was in one women's Bible study with Pastor Kelly, and she taught this thing that freed my whole life up. And I said, forget, I don't need this Proverbs 31 woman after all. But mm-hmm. she talked about the fact that. We needed to stop looking even as at a, as a woman who this is, was her everyday life, right. as opposed to looking at a woman in different seasons right. of her life.
2: Yeah.
1: And so there were, you know, seasons when she was a great mother, there were seasons <laughs> when she was a great wife, there was a season when she was a great entrepreneur, but stop looking at it as this is every day who this woman woke up and who she existed to be but to look at it as the totality of her life. Right. Yes, absolutely. So, you absolutely. know, that's why the whole cost you part, right. There are going to be some times where, you know, she was like going hard at the business mm-hmm. and her husband was like, man, you know, so-and-so down the street, wife is home all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So y'all, we cannot have an episode without the ratchetness of this all. And the ratchetness for me about this topic is that it is not applied to men. Yep. Even in the way that it's taught in the church. Mm-hmm. Who is the male figure that men are are bound to trying to live up to? I, I don't Better know. I, 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 did I miss it? <laughs> Better not say David. Because <laughs> he ain't the one. He's not the one either. I was like, yeah, the most they can do is, and even with that, they're just like, you know, have a heart. You know, it's about your heart. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. not this prescriptive man that the biblical text is lifting up or the churches are lifting up that men have to be. They get to form themselves. Mm. According to who they want to be. And maybe, you know, sometimes it might be helpful if they had an image of what they should be looking up to as fathers and husbands. It might help them out a little bit, you know, a manual guide to who they should be. (laughs)
0: That's That's good.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I feel that there is as much as we spend time teaching women about who we need to be, there needs to be some place where we also unpack what men need to be. Because I think when we start talking about the, you can have it all, a lot of times it is about the fact that women have to sacrifice to keep their home life going. Mm-hmm. But there is no teaching about how men can show up to actually make it easier for a woman to excel in other areas of her life if they show up at home the way that they need to. So I'm um, currently reading a book, The 80-20 Rule for Marriage. And so it basically is just saying that there is no idea of a 50-50 marriage, Mm -hmm. Um, that it's, it's difficult. And it's at different times, it changes. But what it talks about is that if each person shows up trying to give 80% of, their rela- of, of themselves to their relationship, then of course the math doesn't work out. But what it is, is coming from a place of radical generosity. Mm-hmm. And so each person is figuring out how can they show up as generous as they can so the other person also has an opportunity to have life. Mm-hmm. And to live those things. And so I think we need to do way more teaching than just lifting up the Proverbs 31 woman and just talk about who her husband could have been and should have been in order to, you know, allow her to even be all of these things. And so. Uh,
2: uh, support her in being mm-hmm. all things. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. So, um Shonda Rhimes is one of my shiros for something that she said that kind of framed for me, um, motherhood. And I think that it goes beyond motherhood, but it also goes to the place of you trying to be all the things, whatever your, all the things are. And so she says that there is no such thing as balance that is, In motherhood, if you are a working mother, you are often not there as much as you'd like to be. And -hmm. she said, I said this once somewhere that if I'm standing on set watching some amazing thing being shot, then I'm missing my daughter's science fair. Or if I'm at my daughter's dance recital, then I miss Sandra O's very last day Mm -hmm. and very last scene being shot on Grey's Anatomy. That's what happens. Those are the trade-offs. You have to make a decision that you're going to miss one thing and be good at another. I've always said, if I'm winning at one thing, I'm failing at another. And a lot of people say failure. And I say, yes, I like to call it failure because it makes me feel better. Hmm. And Hmm. so I don't know about calling it failure so much as I would say, It is, you know, I've made that decision that this is what's important right now. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so um, I want to just say when we're goal setting, because we're just coming off our goal setting episode, when we're goal setting, should our family be part of our goal setting? Should we be creating goals to center our family? And is it really possible to center both things, our aspirations and our family?
0: I say absolutely. Um, And I think I mentioned that in in the um, goal setting episode or the it wasn't goal setting, but the last episode, you know, that um, Brad and I will come together and and talk about what we want for our family for the, you know, upcoming year and things like that. I will say what we have not done and, and I would consider it a failure is we never included Theo in on that discussion. We didn't say Theo. What do you? How did you? You know, what are your? What were your thoughts about how things went last year? And what do you want to see happen with your family this year? And we didn't do that. Um, I think we probably will do that. Um, um, and it's not even probably we will do that. Now we because we include him in on other discussions, but in just terms of reflecting, we haven't done a whole lot of that with him. Um, And I, But I think you do have to bring in and consider your family. I mean, because if you don't, usually that's the easiest thing that falls by the wayside, because you're grinding, you're hustling, you're trying to get that paper to take care of the family, but family is suffering if you're not spending and putting in that good quality time. And so, yeah.
1: And I just want to name right here um, what I've learned by watching you ladies even. Um, with our podcast you know uh, Greta is like this is Theo's last year I want to be present for it when he comes home like it's his first day of school we got to be finished you know hard stop she said hard Mm -hmm. stop at this time because he's Mm -hmm. going to be home and so that's important to understanding that yes the podcast is a goal that she's working on but she also recognizes hey motherhood is part of my experience and I have to, um, you know, do that. And for Rade, I'm like, you know, she's been at the doctor's office, like, okay, y'all, I'm, um, while I'm in the waiting room, you know, but I gotta be here with the kids. The baby's got to go to the doctor. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is creating that life of understanding that, yes, this is part of my journey and this is part of the intentionality that I want to focus on, but I'm not going to forego what is a dream for me to do that. Mm-hmm. I just have to figure out what do I have to do. And so does that mean that I gotta be like, well then then, the, you know, kiki in with my girlfriends after the episode, I got to be like, nah, y'all, I got to go this, you know, so it is finding out those ways in which we have to um let go of things. So Renee, go ahead, jump on in there about your thoughts about, you know, creating goals and families. How do how does that work for you?
2: Well that's that's um one of the things that we have done over time is having family regular family meetings mm. uh, cuz rather than you know like i said in the last episode rather than starting at the beginning of the new year like we we regularly check in about you know where things are going and and what um goals that we have and what we want to see happen going forward so it's an ongoing discussion um but one of the the things that you said about shonda Rhimes, um there's no such thing as balance yeah one of the things that um my best friend she wrote a book about about that kind of thing. I can't call, I wish I could call the name of that book right now. It's escaping me. But she said it's not about balance, it's about blending. Mm-hmm. It's about the ability to blend, you know, blend the um different areas of responsibility that you have mm-hmm. and maximize your time in all of those spaces, but to, you know, as much as possible, blend together the places where they overlap Mm -hmm. and, you know, do that with, with uh, uh, the, the intention of meeting, you know, whatever goals um, are there. But even that sounds um, challenging, like even that (laughs) you know, means that there's going to be a cost that you might not be able to fulfill the complete mission in one area because of your attention to this other area. And it's like, to some degree, you know, it feels like on some days, and I know we're not supposed to be testifying right now, we're gonna do that on our live, but sometimes <laughs> it just feels like you can't win. It's like, well, dang, you know, I can't, <laughs> can't get nothing right today. Mm-hmm. So, Dinner is burnt and you know, and I got a notice on my phone that my son has dropped below a D in math and you know, like, I'm not winning today. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it is a it is a real challenge. And so much of that falls on the shoulders of women. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just, it just does. Um, and I will testify about my husband, my wonderful husband, uh when we do our live, but there are men who do get it. And we praise God for them. We, ooh, my God, because there's no way that I could have done uh, our doctoral program mm-hmm. without my husband. So, you know, it it is it's very interesting how society conditions us to to feel that guilt and to feel that mm-hmm. um, sense of responsibility for all the things when we ain't the only ones at birth that birth these children, right? Like, okay, like you right. know. We're not the only people, you know, if you're a dog parent, you're not the only dog parent in a household, are you? You know, there's there's somebody else who can walk the dog and clean up after the dog. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't all fall on one person. Yes. yes. So to add to the
1: discussion of, in terms of books, there is a book called The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less. And so it is just a reminder that, you know, in every season of our lives, we can't, you know, you can't do it, quote unquote, all Mm -hmm. that there are times in your life where you're going to just be like, I have to do less, like I have to figure out what fits in my schedule right now. And I think that that transcends even the idea of you know, motherhood and marriage and all of those things. Because even as a single person, you know, before I had a steady partner, I had to learn to say no to doing some of the things at church because I was like, know, I'm not gonna be able to be present to date if I have a meeting every week, you know, <laughs> two and three and four meetings. So I had to decide where is the less? What do I want to give up? in order right. to actually maximize in a different area of my life. And so you, you, you have to find that balance. It's a very personal thing. And I don't believe that anyone can say to you, You know, you got to spend 50 percent of the time, you know, with the kids and 30 percent with the husband and 20 percent. There's no such thing. And it, it changes from moment to moment. In one moment, it may work, but in another moment, it may not work because if you say, "Okay, well, the kids are feeling and expressing the fact that I'm not present. Then, you know, I'm going to have to step back a little bit over here Hear what they're saying and put my attention there And so I believe that we can have it all, y'all Mm -hmm. But each person has to choose their all. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: Stop letting society dictate, you know, any one person's all. My all is completely different than Greta's, completely different than Rane's. And it is even completely different than me 10 years ago versus me now. My all shifts and changes based on where I am and what I Mm -hmm. need and what I want to do in this time. And so let's you know, break free from the comparison to other people yeah. and from what other people's, you know, ideas of who you should be and just recognize what your all is in any given moment. Mm. And so I want to close this episode by saying, "Can, oh,
0: can oh, I just want, that's, that's a lot. That's wisdom to Keisha. In terms of making sure you define what your all is. And I hope people really get that. Um, And and the fact, like you just said, what's all for me is going to be different for anybody else. We have to define and determine what our all is and know that it can be different. It's not going to look like, you know, somebody else's. And this whole idea, you know, we used to hear a lot. You don't hear it so much these days, but keeping up with the Joneses—you can't keep up with folk because you don't know what's going on in their house or what they had to do to get what they got. That's right. So we just there are some things we just really have to let go of, and so I just wanted to say thank you for that part in terms of, of of or of determining and defining what your all is and being okay that it's not like somebody else's. They That's they important.
1: Hallelujah. I was like, and I should have, we do normally give each other a chance to make closing statements. And I was just jumping on into close, y'all. But Renee, do you have any uh, last nuggets of wisdom you want to drop to the listeners?
2: <laughs> no nuggets. I think that it, this is an amazing conversation. and I can't wait to hear what folks say when we do our live coming yes. up. I can't wait to get more into it and dig into it and hear you all stories and other people's comments about having it all and what that means to them. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So you make sure that you come on in to the live. That's on our Facebook group and in our Facebook page and YouTube channel so that we can hear from you. Um, And so what I want to leave us with is what is your all? Like, I want you to take the time to figure out what your all is and it may. Um, Cause you to redefine some things But hopefully to cause you To let go of any guilt that you have been Carrying so that you understand what Your all is as an individual So I encourage you to take Some time to be still And write it out we're at this first Part of the year and you're already being reflective Just go ahead be still Write out and define what your All is and the list May change at different stages In your life and it's okay because It's about you and your all. You are absolutely the best version of yourself and going after all the things that you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Righteous Ratchet and Real podcast. Be sure Thursday to come on into the live. We want to hear what you guys thought about this episode, your own stories about trying to pursue the all. And we are going to have a great time together. Okay, y'all.
2: Yay. All
1: right, y'all.
0: Bye.